done? Tell me when you're done. You, you, you can come in and hot, but inarticulate. Yeah. What else is new? Speaking of hot, been inarticulate, my modeling career is taking off and my career as a public speaker going down, down Good. in an earlier round. Sugar, we're going down swinging. I'll be your number one with a bullet, load of God complex cocking and pull it. Welcome to WARZ in the morning. I am Danny. I'm Molly. She's eating a fun dip with a lick of stick. Molly, how's that lick of stick treating you? You're treating it like a cigarette. Treat me pretty good. Uh, we got Valentine's Day coming up soon, and um, I'm Ooh, the candy. just around the corner. Yeah. We should have had a radio show. We should have had a radio show. We, we still can. Let's do it. This radio, is now a radio show. Radio's not over for another two years, so we can still have Wait, a radio show. but I thought Video Killed the Radio Star. No, Video Killed the Radio Star, but there's still some no-names plugging around <laughs> behind the scenes, Molly. And that's us, baby. <laughs> yeah, like that um, the original MTV VJ, Downtown Julie Brown, she's still on the radio. What? Yeah. Is that English? Yeah, 80s on the 8s. Oh. These are all real references. Okay. Molly, you pointed a drink forward to me in acknowledgement, realized they couldn't hear that, and then said, all right. Yes. Uh, I do often forget it is not a visual podcast. Mm. Because for us, this is a visual treat. Yes. I get to watch you mess around with that fun dip, desperately trying to get some on that lick a stick without licking it again. And then I, <laughs> I'm sitting here in the shirt I wore yesterday in case you missed it. So I'm like a recap. It occurs to me I didn't really see you yesterday, so I did yeah, miss the yeah, shirt. Yeah, well, this was my um, my shirt. Your Super Bowl shirt? Yes, yes. The Super Bowl happened, and uh, I have some great news. I owe a loan shark some money. No, I have some great news, which is that I am now the proud father of a healthy seven-pound, four-ounce baby girl. What? <laughs> I completely... You want to run me by that again, Big Papa? Uh, yeah, I want to run you by it again because it's not moving. It's exactly where it is. I am the proud father of a seven-pound, four-ounce baby girl. Her name is Margaret. And she <laughs> she is just the sweetest thing. Yesterday at the hospital, you know, they've, they've got the baby basically snuggled up all day swaddled is the term for they keep them wrapped up in a cloth so they can't move their arms and legs too much would make me claustrophobic but of course you know it's baby and uh, i reach down and little margaret pulls out that little hand she just grabs my finger and in that moment i knew i was not only ready to be a dad i was a dad <laughs> i'm of a seven pound four ounce baby girl <laughs> a couple things there um one I'm sorry that your news got me with such shock that I destroyed the mic. That's okay. That's going to be fun for them. No one listens. Um, also, I really thought you were going to say she stuck at her hand and you realized you were not supposed to be in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, no, uh, I couldn't be in the room yeah. for the birth, unfortunately, yeah. because of the pandemic. So, but... Margaret... Yeah, Margaret, The yes. name choice. I named her after Margaret Lesh, who was the uh, supervisor of programming at Fox Kids. Oh, see, I thought you were going to name her Margaret as in, you know, the unsinkable Molly Brown, Margaret. So you're really naming her Molly after me in a no, roundabout way. No, no, but her middle name is uh, Ryan after our brother. So her name is Margaret Ryan so, Dumas. So I'm hearing Molly Ryan what was that last name? Uh, Dumas. It's the Dumas. mother's name. We decided to uh, oh, okay. name after the okay. mother. Um, I feel like you're pronouncing that wrong just off the top of my head. Dumas. No, I'm saying it right. I mean, some people say Dumas, yeah. but I'm not French. We're, we're American. She says it Dumas, and uh, you know, I, I say That's it. really trashy. Oh, it's trashy when the kids at school are going to start calling her dumbass, and so you should have given her my last name is what, I told, uh, is what I told the mother, but you know, it's fine. We are on good terms. Oh! I actually do have news, but I've fucked a bit. Molly, I, <laughs> you remember in the last podcast I was telling you about how I couldn't find my gray shirt with the Tim Levin's yes, drawing? Yes, I've Superman? been wondering. I found it. Oh, good. That ex-girlfriend does have doesn't have it. Good. And just to make myself feel better, I, I donated a, a shirt of hers to Goodwill that was kicking around the house. I, I, just, I, I had a bag of stuff that was going to Goodwill, and I said, you know what? She didn't take any of my things and was nice to me. Let me throw out her stuff. <laughs> No, I'm all of that's a joke except for I found my t-shirt. I'm glad you found the shirt. I'm sure a lot of people out there were 
anxiously awaiting this news. I'm sure that many people listen to our podcast and will be excited to tune into our radio show. Um, yeah. Where I will announce that I am the proud father of a seven pound, four ounce baby girl. <laughs> oh my God. Little I have Dumont. a news for the folks at home. Yeah. A news. I have a news. A news item. Um, so... Me and Danny, you know, we've been, we've been gone for a hot minute, and you might be wondering where we've been. And the answer is, we've been really diving into magic. We are oh, we're magicians. We're magicians now. That's what you missed. Um, and more so, we're like not magicians as we are magician observers. Um, we're we've been watching a lot of Penn and Teller lately. Mm. Um, Danny has been into Penn and Teller for a while. And I thought the whole time he was talking about Penn and Teller, he was talking about Siegfried and Roy. So, which is very interesting because their name is Siegfried and Roy, <laughs> no D. That's what I tried to say. You tried to keep it ambiguous enough I, that you people wouldn't notice that you didn't know if it was Roy or Roy. No, I knew it was Roy. It just, yeah. I really have trouble speaking a I lot. I do of like the time. Penn and Teller. Molly and I do have to quickly state that yeah. we do not endorse the libertarian political views of Penn and Teller. We respect their right to have the libertarian political views. We just, I'm not against the libertarian views. I'm not fighting libertarians. I'm not out here. But I don't, uh, quite frankly, I don't know enough about them. I don't watch Penn and Teller for the libertarian views. We're there for the magic. We're there for the magic. And we're, more Sometimes importantly, we're there for the spoiling of the magic. Sometimes, we're, yeah. We're trying to find out. Molly and I aspire Ooh, to become magicians. What, what, what's wrong? Had a little heart attack. Too much fun dip? Maybe the Coke and the fun dip. It together. might be a lot on my. You're my very small, heart. and a lot of sugar can do that to a small person. If you're listening to the podcast and you're wondering which of us you could kill, the answer is both. But Molly is definitely much me. Definitely me. Molly sort of looks like how best to describe it? A child. Molly looks rather like a child who has been just wearied and. Let me tell the folks at home something. Go ahead. So my therapist tried to be like, "Your fears are irrational." for more or less lack of better terms um, of, you know, being kidnapped and murdered and all of these things. But I stand by my point of I'm the size of a child. If we're worried about children being alone because someone could just pick them up off the street. Yeah. You should be worried about that for me. I'm the size of a child. I'm the same size I was since seventh grade. I haven't grown. I haven't gained weight. Here comes the awkward question. Do you have the desirability of a child? I'd like to think so. I, I, I look you, like a child. Yes. I'm a little mouthier, maybe. That's the thing, is people usually kidnap children for the same reason they kidnap a homeless person, a drifter, a vagrant, because no one, it's, it's, it's a crime of opportunity, I think, is why they yes, go for children. and I'm a crime of opportunity, but more so, people take children because they're preferential offenders, let's be clear. I'm not, a, I'm not a whatever you are. Yeah. Where I know words. I, let's make that. Let me make this clear. You're talking to someone who's seen every episode of Criminal Minds, not once, not twice. But three times. But at least seven, except for the last two seasons, because they're not on Netflix. They're newer, yeah. You you don't have them yet. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so Penn and Teller, we've been super into magic. Um, We've been watching a lot of Fool Us, a lot of Penn and Teller specials. Um, Honestly, honestly... Magic's amazing, you guys. Even when you're just watching a video, sure, it's better in person. But when you're watching a video, you're still getting that anticipation of what is this going to be. Fuck that. It's better in video, and I'll tell you why. Because you can rewind it and analyze the shit out of it, and you still can't figure it out 99% of the time. And if they can fool you, despite having video, rewind, pause, slow-mo... Yeah. That, that's magic, baby. That's magic. Just ask the guy who shot JFK. Follow the money. Follow, Follow the, the money. money. Follow the money. No, uh, anyway, we're magicians now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we thought about doing some magic on the podcast, but of course that wouldn't be very enjoyable for you people. And so we have instead decided to painfully describe to you every magic trick we've watched. I have our YouTube watch history <laughs> from the TV right here. It's a lot of videos about The Simpsons. Because I like The Simpsons. And it's a lot of videos about Batman. And every once in a while, there's a video about Alien. And every once in a while, there's that same video of the pufferfish eating the carrot and going, oh. It's Danny's oh. account. It is my account because I'm the one who pays for the no ads. Um, I digress. I haven't seen an ad in so long. Watching the Super Bowl the other day was the first time I saw a commercial in in weeks. Yeah, it Danny hasn't so really watched TV. He watches YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. 
for my sort of disposable, I'm not paying attention entertainment. I pay for too many streaming services, as we've covered. I finally remembered to cancel that other Showtime. I might have already said that on the podcast, but you remember I was accidentally getting double billed on Showtime, like I mentioned on the So Jaded podcast, which people should listen to wherever podcasts are found. Well, I remembered to cancel the other Showtime, and I'm 90% sure I talked about that on the last episode, and so now I'm like a nana who keeps telling you the same news. I don't know if you did, but... Did, I, why was it not going to occur to you that eating Fun Dip wouldn't sound good on a show? I'm sorry. It didn't. It didn't. I thought this would actually be the less noisy snack because I was going to get chips. Yeah. And one might say you shouldn't have any snack during a podcast. but um, One or many would say that. Okay, many would say that. But yeah. I, I, I need... I need to be doing something, as you can tell, during the podcast. This, it doesn't work for me to just Is this dinner for five? Are we enacting the IFC original series Dinner for Five where John Favreau would just have dinner with four other people? We might be doing it. Molly, if you had to do your, your Dinner for Five, and I'm going to look up to make sure I have the right name on that show. Yeah, but I'm going to pretend I know what you're talking about. I okay. love the premise of that show. So it was on IFC in like the late 90s, and it was just John Favreau or whoever. I don't know if it was always him. I know that like Kevin Smith hosted a, a show. Uh, one episode of that. Yeah, no, it's it's hosted by John Favreau. Okay, so and it was IFC. I had I had most of the details correct. It's a half hour show ran from two thousand one to two thousand five, and uh, he would just have guests. He would have guests come on. Uh, guests come on every week was you know dinner for five. So uh, you know they they would have uh, como se dice four other people, and uh, you know. Uh, a couple times uh, they they had guest hosts or whatever and that person would have four people on but basically it's just you have dinner with four interesting people it's like before podcasts we would all watch dinner for five on IFC so if you had to do your dinner for five and you can pick famous people okay uh, but they do have to be living people living famous people four other people I'd have dinner with that I want to have dinner with together I feel like that's the key here the mix is the key um Okay, well, first at the gate, I don't care what the scenario is. I want Julie Andrews there because I want to meet her. Hands Julie down. Julie Andrews, number one. Um, going with her, I would probably say Tom Hanks. Yeah. Just because I think I like that combo. He would be very respectful to her. Yeah. He would and, love um, her. But he'd bring some of the like humor that I'm looking He's for. He's also the high enough caliber of celebrity that he can joke with her. Yes, exactly. she's been around so long, no one feels comfortable making right. fun of... Tom Hanks will do a fun little... That'd be it. Um, and this for Mary Poppins. I can't do his I voice think still. I still can't. That's David Lynch I'm doing. Hmm, I was gonna say Mel. Mel Brooks. I'm thinking I have to keep him, but I'm wondering, will I be too overwhelmed with that much star power? You're trying to maybe you want to go to some B listers now. Because yeah. Because that's three Titans right there. That's three all timers, but not Alzheimer's. Yeah. Well, maybe Mel a little. But I you, can't throw, you can't throw in a 20 year old. See, I was By thinking. By the way, of, your joke about Mel Brooks with Alzheimer's, I know you're just because he's 94. You think you're so funny. Watch Mel Brooks Unwrapped. We see him at age 94. I, he does I his own grocery it. shopping. Yeah. He's incredible. I want to kiss him. I, I love him. Oh, okay, okay. This would be hysterically weird. It would not be, this is not my pick, but imagine <clears throat> Julie Edgers, Tom Hanks, Mel Brooks, and Mandy Patinkin. Just oh. imagine the conversation. Oh, I think you found mine. I think those are my four. <laughs> um, I'd love that, but I, I, I'm going to say for the, the aura I'm looking for, yeah. Julie Andrews, Tom Hanks. I'm going to throw in a curveball here. Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Matthew Greg Goobler, because wow. while he's young wow. and weird, I think he's going to bring an interesting dynamic to the table. Really? And then, but he's not going to like steal the spotlight. You know, it's like you're getting like a Seth Rogen or someone who's going to be like very out there, you know, and kind of pull the focus, yeah. change the vibe. Yeah. I think I like his vibe. Um my fourth that's a tough call and like hmm wow this thinking is making some great uh, I'm I, sorry I, I would like know. to pitch one that Go isn't ahead. mine but I want to pitch you the weird character actors dinner mm-hmm. so I want to get like 
uh, each of these would be like four of the same type of guy. Mm-hmm. Like if you're casting a movie, you go to each of these four guys if you're trying to cast the same character. Mm-hmm. So like I'm talking like you get Paul Giamatti, right? You get uh, 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 oh boy, who's who's who plays the same type? As him, who's like a Paul Giamatti-ish guy that we're getting here, Is, you know? I mean, oh, David Cross. David Cross, Paul Giamatti, Tony Hale from Veep. You know, they don't all have to be bald or balding, but the, it helps. Uh, you know, or you could, or like you get a a, a dinner full of like uh, Reginald Val Johnson, James Avery. He may be dead, but you know that's okay. James Avery. Uh, just angry sitcom authority figures is what I'm shooting for. The guy who plays Mr. Belding. Um, you know, just like people on sitcoms whose main thing was to yell at someone. J- um, Jason Lee, because he spent those Chipmunks movies going, Alvin. Oh, oh, a dinner that's like Justin Long, Jay Baruchel, and one other like twinkish dark-haired kid from the early 2000s. Who am I thinking? Who's who's another one of those? Whoever, I, oh, no, I don't know. I was about to say whoever's in Sorcerer's Apprentice, but that is Jay Baruchel. So maybe that one will just be dinner for three and it'll be me, Jay <laughs> Baruchel, and Justin Long, and I'm going to go, neither of you are my type, but you're close enough that I would settle for you in real life. Um, Interesting. I don't have a type, in case you're wondering. Although now that I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about it, Freddie Benson, yeah, relatively skinny, nerdy, dark hair, Maybe I just want to be skinny, and I'm projecting that mm. onto potential partners. You might here. be. I. You might. I'm it. thinking. See, I couldn't do Neil with Julie Andrews because Neil is going to be his whole own thing. Neil Patrick Harris, for anyone who's wondering. Do you not have any idea how excited Neil Patrick Harris would be? Yeah. To meet Julie Andrews, he'd be. His mind would be blown. But he he's too big, you know. He'd be touched. He would be touched. So I'm actually I'm going to amend my answer. Okay. It's going to be. Julie Andrews, Tom Hanks. I'm going to stick with Matthew Gray Goobler, and okay. I'm going to throw um, Emma Stone in there because I love her. Yeah, and I think yeah. she'd be really, really humbled. Molly, by why her are you making? Why are you making a movie where Tom Hanks and <gasps> Julie Andrews have a story in the present, and, and then in the past, their younger selves <laughs> oh. are Matthew Gray Goobler? I was picturing more of a family dinner where they're oh. the parents of. No, Julie those Andrews two. is a good thirty years older than Tom Hanks. That means nothing, Danny. That woman looks younger than God. She actually might only be like that 20 was years. not. She a might. Good o- she might only be thing, twenty years. You know what I mean? She might only be twenty years older than him, actually, because he's only in. Yeah, but he can look really old, and she looks yeah. like she could still be sixty. I, can't, I, can't I swear, do she's gorgeous. She is gorgeous. She's lovely. She's she's an Aquaman. Kids probably loved that. She didn't do Mary Poppins Returns. And I understand her decision. I respect the decision. I think what Dick Van Dyke. I wish she was there. When you notice Dick Van, when Dick Van Dyke is in the movie, what? How could I not pick Dick Van Dyke? You're a cab. Shit. That's how. I love him. He's doing Tai Chi on infomercials at nine in the morning. Okay. I might, I might have to put him in there. Oh, do I want dinner with him? Yes. Are you kidding? You just asked, do I want to have a dinner with the world's most fun uncle before he finally dies? What are you talking about? He's going to pull a coin out from behind your ear, you schmuck. All right. All right. So then I'm- Put some respect on Dick's name. Then You made your choice. You made your bed. Now lie in it. You're having dinner with Matthew and Goobler, Emma Stone, and Julie Andrews, and Tom Hanks, and that is that. Next week you can have. <laughs> nah, next week Dick Van Dyke's coming into. Next week you can have. Oh, watch Dick Van Dyke dies one week. Oh my one god, week that's not even funny. Show. I'm already, yes. I'm already so sad all of the time that I'm probably not yeah. going to get to meet him or Julie Andrews. I'm so sad about it. Probably like every other day I think about it. Oh, I know who I want at my dinner. I want four different Bob Balabans. You better have not just killed Dick Van Dyke. I want, Let me okay, yeah, no, I didn't kill Dick Van Dyke, but I want four Bob Balabans. I want, so I can go, ladies and gentlemen, Balaban, 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 and they'll be like, what is this? And I'll be like, it's Bob Balaban. There's four of them. Isn't that weird? Danny. Yeah. One weird choice out the gate. I forgot about Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Stop naming people. I'm not, I haven't told you mine. Well, I have to t- fix mine. You don't, you schmuck. <laughs> you made your choice. 
This was supposed to take five minutes. That's why this is so much This crap. episode isn't called Who Do You Want at Your Dinner for Five? We didn't plan this as an activity. This is what happens when you go rogue. Molly, I didn't go rogue. I just remembered the show Dinner for Five. Again. I was trying to tell them about the magic. Scoob. Oh, I want, I just want the cast to Scooby-Doo. <laughs> It was so simple. It was right there. In front it was of us. always the answer was always get Matthew Lillard, Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Linda Cardellini. All right, I take it all back. I take it all oh, back. Oh, you can call the guy who plays Scooby on the phone, the actor who, the stuntman who does it for the movie. You can call him on the phone during the dinner and be like, "Guess who we're with?" And he'll go. Huh? Oh, I thought he was gonna get a call for him, and I was gonna ask if there was a Mister Do here. And then the actor who plays Melvin Do across the <laughs> restaurant goes. Do you mean Melvin do? And we go, they shut this restaurant down when we shoot. You got to get out of here. <laughs> if you think my response wouldn't be me in tears going, yes, yes, we do. You run and it's just a slow motion of you on the beach with Melvin do. I'm going to trade out Matthew Gray Goobler for Matthew Lillard. And I'm going to yeah. trade out Emma Stone for um, Jamie Lee Curtis. <sighs> okay. Well, the only reason I got so fussy was because... Even though I had to, I don't have mine set, it it would have included Jamie Lee Curtis, but it's okay. You she should have be on her. everyone's list. It, people were on that show multiple times. Not everyone, but well, a couple it's people. It's two different hosts. It's a whole different dinner. Well, I, I think it's my show and your guest hosting. Because I have to do my Ed Bagley Jr. hour where okay. I just I just want the white guys from uh from Chris Guest movies, Christopher Guest movies. I just want like Ed Bagley Jr. and Bob Balaban, Michael Hitchcock. Excuse me, I'm burping. John Michael Higgins, just like all the sort of, you know, yeah. mid-tone white guys there. You know, I, just a dinner of those guys, because like I'm sure they all have like, oh, and that hotel was terrible when we filmed The Late Shift. Like, that's the kind of story. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to have dinner with the cast of The Late Shift. So I want to do, here's my dinner, okay? My dinner is Betty Thomas, who directed mm -hmm. The Late Shift. It's John Michael Higgins, who plays David Letterman, Daniel Roebuck, who plays Jay Leno, and Kathy Bates, who played Helen Kushnick. Are you going to make them agent. do it in character? No. I will challenge myself not to mention it once during yeah. the dinner. Well, because I, I think if you did, you'd find out that you actually liked The Late Shift a million times more than any of them ever did. I wouldn't find that out. I already believe <laughs> that to be true. I believe if I said that to them, Daniel Roebuck would probably go, The Late Shift? Was, was that a... Oh, with the I was Jay Leno. Yes, yes, I remember that. Did you know my ears were prosthetic, not just my chin? Yeah, it's crazy. Like the whole the half of the face was prosthetic. People just notice the chin, and I'll go like, "Isn't that crazy?" Anyway, no, I'm sorry. My dinner would probably be like you know Sigourney Weaver, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, uh, ooh, uh, uh, Viola Davis, and who else do I want? Because that's those three are such a type. Yeah. You know, they're all like the tough lady that I love so much in movies. Mm -hmm. Like those those three could all play the same characters. Right. I mean, obviously Jamie Lee Curtis and Sigourney Weaver couldn't be in like uh, Fences or something. They wouldn't right. be right for a, a character who's specifically black. But, you know, they could play. Yes. Well, obviously Danny. Amanda Waller could be a Sigourney Weaver type. Anyway, I digress. Um Oh God! I need a I need a fourth one to fit the vibe. I think you're right Who about that. Who would fit the vibe? Do I want one charming like man to throw in there, or do I just want an like, all? I thought you would dinner? be the charming man, Molly. The keyword there is charming, which I have never been I before. Really thought you were going to say the keyword there was man. Oh no! I'm just, I'm just a boy. Um, I'll get sick. Um, oh, that's really Michael. hard. That's really hard. Um, so you're the people you love. You love Whoopi, but is that too big of a personality? Whoopi's not the same type. Whoopi wouldn't play that in a movie. Whoopi, don't play that. Whoopi, don't play that. Uh, um, who do I love? So just to be clear then, neither of us are inviting Mel to dinner. That feels wrong. Because he doesn't fit my theme. He can't come because it's weird if it's like the three most powerful commanding so actresses. neither of us are going to invite Mel or Dick Van Dyke. We're just going to insult the legends. That's what we learn. No, And no, now okay, they've heard okay, us say okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, how about this? Okay. My we can, I'll plan a second dinner. Okay. Okay, a, a fourth strong lady TBD. Okay. Who do I want as my fourth strong lady? Meryl? I would be Mermel so Spep? I would be so scared to have dinner with Mermel Spep. I might have to just call Bette Midler and call it a day. Okay, but I know she's not the same. She, I'm aware she's not the type. Yeah. She's the comedic relief, which is crazy cuz she's Bette. 
Kathy Najimy. Oh, Kathy Najimy. Oh, there Kathy you go. Bates is the same type, but she's coming to the late shift dinner. <laughs> I can't have her on two nights in a row. That's going to fuck with my theming. Okay, okay. So Kathy Najimy will be there, and that's the one where the audience goes, "Is she really part of the group?" And then when she sees how mu- the audience sees how much Kathy makes the others laugh, and once I talk about Hocus Pocus, once I talk about Sister Act, once I talk about all of her incredible television work, they're going to get it. They're done. Everyone's done. They're going to realize she should have been in every movie. Kathy is that classic actor whose name is not on the tip of your tongue, but should always be on your DVR tonight. Her performance in Make It or Break It as the snotty manager. Leah Thompson. Sorry. Oh, you thought Make It or Break It switched at birth. They see what you did in your brain. Instantly. The brain connected Uh, the See, there's too many good ones. I see why you had a whole show. That's why John Favreau did the show for four seasons. And had the same people on three times. John Favreau. How about we get him? Talk to Favreau. No, okay. Uh, how about this? How about Will, John Favreau? We're and just the gonna not writer. invite Will Ferrell to dinner. How about this? Let me pitch you this. We do a separate dinner where it's Mel, <laughs> Mel Brooks. Okay. We get Mel Brooks. We get Will Ferrell. <gasps> and Dick Van Dyke. The different ages of comedy. Dick Van Dyke. We and we need. More. Do we want John C. Riley? Do we want to ask him? No. No, we John don't. John Mulaney. That'll be like a full. Through the years, the different kinds. What a weird dinner. Yeah, it's what great. A weird white They'd love dinner. it. They'd love it. I think that they might relish the challenge of like Mel Brooks and Will Ferrell have the most tenuous connection yes, of like the, the producers, producers movie in 2005. And Will and again. John were both from Saturday Night Live. Yes. John loves musicals and Mel wrote a musical. And is lanky like and Dick, Dick Van Dyke. Dyke They've all done a musical in some fashion. You're right. If you count John's performance as Stephen Sodheim. And his, yeah, his co-op yeah. musical. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We can make this work. We can make yeah. it work. Okay. That's a good dinner. I think that it's, as far as like theme dinners go, of okay. like all these people are in one movie or something, I would love a dinner with the four leads from Schitt's Creek. Oh, I mean, if I had to pick a cast to have dinner with. Yeah. It would be them. If I had to if pick... If it's just a cast I couldn't yeah. change, it would be them. One cast from all of history is hard. I, I already picked the late shift, so I'm locked in. And I want to meet Betty Thomas, and I want to shake her hand once the yeah. pandemic's over. So I, we're locked in on some of these. Yeah. That's an irrefutable I, cast. I would like... To, I, I mean, truthfully, my, as for myself, I would love to meet <gasps> Kristen Bell. Yes. And it feels... I didn't put her in the original dinner because I think I'd cry in front of Julie Andrews for meeting Kristen Bell, and that feels wrong. I just had a thrilling, thrilling thought. Kristen Bell would love to meet Julie Andrews because she did that Mary Poppins Funny or Die video, and she was very good. I just had a thrilling thought. Go ahead. I meet Jeff Goldblum. God. Laura Dern, Sam Neill, Steven Spielberg, Jurassic Park Night. Then will you be eating dinosaurs for dinner? Then the next night, Drew Barrymore, Henry Thomas, the other two kids from Jurassic Park, Steven Spielberg, stops by and says hello to them. It's a Steven Spielberg kid stars who didn't come out so bad night. The cast of Reefer Madness. No, go on. What if we have a dinner? Mm Mm-hmm. Where it's just the film directors that bullied George Lucas at film camp. Brilliant. Absolutely. It's, a, it's Scorsese. It's Spielberg. It's, uh, it's Francis Ford Coppola. And it's George Lucas in the corner crying. Molly, we did it We'd again. We'd love to see it. How long have we been recording? Because this might have to be the say, topic of the just, episode. This might be its own episode. We had a itself. theme planned. The theme for this week's episode was songs that are in movies that have been written for the movie or TV show, yeah. but are not the theme song of that movie. That was our topic. Yeah. We had prepared answers. I did not plan to bring up Party of Five. I had never considered the hypothetical of my Party of Five. <laughs> and I want... How long have we been going, roughly? It's 29 minutes and 10 seconds. Do you think... <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this could be the episode? Because I feel like I could I do this say, forever. Well, we could just make this its own mini episode and then just do the next episode. Just record episode. the next episode. Okay. Is that what you guys would like to hear, huh? Clap if that's what you want. Hey. Hey, buddy. I, I know we haven't been getting along since I yelled at you. It's all about practice. But listen, do you want to hear a separate episode where we talk? <laughs> Clap if you believe. I do believe in fairies. I, I do. do. I, I do. do. You know who I want to meet? Who? I want to meet Jason Isaacs, who plays Captain Hook in that live-action Peter Pan, mm-hmm. but is, of course, 
Lucius Malfoy. I want to meet him and I oh, want to shake his hand. Oh my God. Some point in my life, I must have known that. Yeah. But I did not know that. I know it in my soul yeah. to this moment. That's going to be one of my first things I learned in 2021. Movie that I think you might like, but I'm not 100%. It depends mm -hmm. on what mood you're in maybe when we watch it. But I would happily watch it again. It's from the creator of Veep, Armando Iannucci. From the creator of Veep, it's about when Stalin died. And the movie is called The Death of Stalin. Mm -hmm. And it's about like, you know, he's dead. Who's going to take over the USSR? And it's about like the infighting among the Russian uh, uh, elite of the Russian Communist Party at the time. And Jason Isaacs is in the movie as the head of the military. But what is so great about the movie, besides the fact that it's very funny, is what's so great about it is that like, you know, you're expecting like, oh no, great leader is dead, what will we do? You're expecting it to be like a very stereotypical Russia, but it's not. It is just so human. Like, because we're all, you know, Americans or British people. So the cast of the movie is exclusively British. They're all British people, mm -hmm. except Jeffrey Tambor, who unfortunately who is, in is in the movie. I gotta want, yeah, he's God. in everything. It sucks that he's, you know, but we just will accept it for now. Mm -hmm. That it's sad that he's in it, but he's in it. And Steve Buscemi. So you are wow. in a sea of British people and your connection to America is Steve Buscemi turning in a great performance and I'd like to point out that they do a great thing with the British accents. We're all these upper elite of the Russian Communist Party are all speaking with a very proper British accent. And then Jason Isaacs is the leader of the military and he's got a real gruff London accent and he's coming in and it is wonderful. I love it. Interesting. Cracking open a soda. Nobody shot out your tires if you're listening to that in the car. Um... Well, that was different. Um, what were we watching recently that I said that guy looked like a mix between Steve Buscemi and someone else? Oh, and it was a pretty good description. Was it a mo was it one of the Christopher Guest documentary? You know, I have movies? no idea. I really have no idea. Uh, but you were right. Whoever you were talking, you were a hundred percent right. Was I it when we were watching Follow That Bird? Maybe. Maybe. Guys, okay. So a little tidbit here, a little fun thing. Oh my God, we gotta get the we gotta get Elmo. My dinner for four. Uh, I changed it. I changed it. My dinner is Elmo, Cookie Monster, Bert and Ernie. Yeah. Okay, wait. So last night I rewatched that video of the uh, Sesame Street characters doing impressions of the other yeah. Sesame Street characters. Hysterical. But I've learned that the count is just a weirdo. Like throughout the whole thing, he just his impression of Ernie is just calling him annoying the whole time. Hysterical. Like fucking hysterical. I believe um, the Count is played by the new Kermit the Frog, Matt Vogel, who's oh. also Big Bird. Oh, so if he's you really talk, uh, dynamic. He's then. got a real range, that guy. Yeah. We watched Follow That Bird this week, everyone, oh God, and I... we hadn't really seen it before, or at least not that we, Here, not like this. Yeah, I have images of it in my head, and I know that I have something of it. I know yeah. something of it. But goddamn, did I not have a clear picture? And seeing it just like, Announcing to myself, I'm going to sit down and watch this tonight. Amazing. What a treat. We yeah. had a great time. It was a great movie. Like a quality movie. Mm. Um, really, watched, really quality. We watched Elmo and Grouchland. Which, this is the first time I've gotten to see Elmo and Grouchland since knowing that the bad guy, Huxley, was played by Mandy Patankin. And the I've been wanting to see it since I found out it was him. Because once I found out it was him, I was floored. Um, yeah. It was the music in that one was better, but uh, yeah, the the I will say that follow that bird is a great movie. The music didn't do much for me at any point. There's yeah. only we could have done without it, honestly. There's maybe five or six songs, and I didn't realize it was going to be a musical because you get half an hour in before there's a song. Yeah, we don't even hear them sing the Sesame Street song. It's just kind of played. No, it was a little bird focused for someone with ornithophobia. Yeah. Um, and as a social worker, I did feel a little attacked by the film. Because the woman who ruins Big Bird's life is a sort of a social worker. Which, like, I get, though. Like, I get the problems with the system, and didn't this showcase it wonderfully? In some ways, yes. But I would just for once in a film, yeah, like a social worker, to not be portrayed as the bad guy. Let me say that you've clearly not gotten a clear picture of Lilo and Stitch where Cobra Bubbles is not only a reasonable figure, but is a lovely man. Let me be clear. I love Cobra Bubbles. Yes. I understand where Cobra Bubbles is coming from the whole time, but let's not pretend that that movie doesn't make him out to be a bad guy for the first it half of that film. It does 
it's he's a threat because Nani is a good person who wants to keep Lilo in her life. Mm-hmm. So in that way, he's a threat, just as a social worker is a threat to a- any parent who's been making mistakes. Yes. But he is perfectly reasonable. He gives them every chance to do the right thing. He's genuinely concerned for Lilo's safety. And over the course of that movie, yes, we love Nani and we recognize that that's a sister, not a parent. But he is right to try to take yes. Lilo away. Let me be clear. Some bad shit is happening in that we home. And I are, you and I are aware of that. Yes. Most people who watch that movie do not come out with that conclusion. I think that he is portrayed so favorably at the end. At the end. That most people do come away with something of a... Now, it's sad when they're about to take Lilo away. That's undeniable. Social workers have but, to help do sad but let things. Let me be clear. This is just a, a little mini rant for everyone. This is a movie trope that bothers me, mm. is that we actually only portray social workers as the people who take away children. We never portray them as anything else, except maybe in the movie The Joker, where they're portrayed as a terrible person who can't really do anything for this man. Um, not terrible. The lady is fine. She just doesn't do anything Quick for him. Quick question. Yeah. What do you get when you cross a mentally loner with a society that won't help him? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but I would just like to see a good, decent portrayal of a social worker in a movie. I want to be clear. I'm not endorsing the libertarian views of the Joker. <laughs> yeah, you should probably clear that one up. I should be very one. clear that I do not agree with the Joker. I think we all need driver's licenses to drive. I think that's fine. He's, you've really been h- held up on that driver's license. I the saw the clip from the libertarian presidential debate where the libertarian candidates all debate each other now do i think our political system should be a lot more than two parties absolutely absolutely it should be uh but do i think that the libertarian philosophy makes sense to me personally no does that mean i write off a libertarian instantly no penn and teller have some interesting points about uh people being able to regulate themselves not the government sure but i'm also like a super leftist child and I would like to just have all our personal property seized and taken away by the government. That's I, not true. I'd like to be clear. I was making fun of myself. I would like social workers to be betrayed as the good <laughs> humans we are in movies. Yeah, but you also can't deny there's bad social workers. There's, there are plenty of bad social workers. You're not, but like, you're not like cops where I would say the overwhelming majority of you are doing this for the wrong reason. Correct. And that's, probably... that's, what, that's what movies would lead us to believe. Mm. Or that we don't care, or that we literally only work in child welfare when we don't. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd like that on the well, record. That's what the Joker gets and on. I would love to make a movie about social workers, but it's such a, f- a hard thing to do. Yeah, to have a movie about it because no doubt you would want your movie to be inspired by real life experience. Yeah, but then like you have confidentiality, so like you can't. Right. You wouldn't want to be seen as like exploiting. We'll tell you what clients. It, it's a really fine line. So I wanted yeah. to do like maybe some kind of like social work break room show because I know it sounds terrible in ninety nine percent of the public. Molly, but you can't do the office where the wacky hijinks are about people instead of paper. Oh, it's yeah. not about wacky hijinks. No, hang on. Let it's me about do, the pain. I'm gonna do a sensitive Mike Myers. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. Yeah. Did you see his Super Bowl commercial? I did. It was better than I thought a commercial would be because I don't like being sold things, but you know. Well, that was a weird answer, but okay. Listen, the corporations, man, they're out of control, man. No. It's interesting because Mike Myers looked roughly the same, just like an older version of him, Mm -hmm. until he emerged to do this commercial. Right. And I don't know if they went in and airbrushed away some of the wrinkles. If this Yes, uh, he looked so young in that. It was ridiculous. Not even young, he looked so smooth. Because he, well, yeah. he looks like an old man, but smooth on the edge of his face. Younger than he looks in regular part. The hair, sure. quite frankly, but I Dana think Dana Carvey slimming. wasn't all that touched up. Well, Dana looks great. Well, Dana's always looked great, look but Dana has always up. had a very textured neck because he had uh, like triple bypass surgery when he was in his 30s. He had a heart oh. problem. And so once he came back from that, I, you can tell like his neck just kind of got really wrinkly. And I always wondered if that was a result of that or if he was just someone whose neck Maybe was going to do that. Maybe they used those bright lights from... Um, that movie we watched. Yeah, we watched um, A Mighty Wind. A Mighty Wind, yes. And in that, there's a clip of um, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy as young people in the 60s. And they're supposed to be like in their early 20s. And they're on a stage in like a dingy cafe. Uh, and it's this 50s grainy footage of them. And they're both singing. And I thought it was really clever that the way they made them look 
you know, a good 20 to 30 years younger was they shine, they were shining bright lights from above almost directly onto both of the actors' faces. So really all you could see was white mm -hmm. coming off their faces. And in that grainy footage, you wouldn't be able to make out the detail. And I just thought like, oh, that's clever. They're, the light on them is more bright than it is on the other people, which actually lets you see less of them in that style of film. Right. I just thought it was clever. It is clever. Um, I really don't want to harp on the issue, but I, I feel the need to come back to this again. Mm -hmm. um, so, the betrayal of social workers on TV yeah. as well. You're looking at me, but this is my point, is that they're always somehow made to be the bad guy. Even we might know Clover Bubbles is doing the right thing. The same thing happens in Shameless. It's a terrible environment. Those people clearly, those children should not be left with their terrible father. And yet somehow... In the episode, they still make it a way to make the social worker the bad guy. Yeah. Even though the whole point of the show is that, like, this, these are horrible living conditions and, like, no one should They're be bad subjected people, to this. Yeah. And yet they still make the social worker out to be the bad guy. And she's, honestly, it's a nice portrayal. A nicer portrayal than you're given. They show her having empathy for this family. Yeah. I got it. But they're just always put as the antagonist. We're never shown on their side. All right. Let me pitch you this. Okay. Early 2000s-esque drama. We're talking freedom writers. Mm -hmm. We're talking pursuit of happiness. Yeah. That style of filmmaking. Right. Just about one very beleaguered social worker. But we do it like the movie Crash, which is a bad racist movie, but ignore that. Pretend it was good. Like Crash, where we're following the stories of different people all around the one subject. So we mm. follow five or six different social workers on one day of their jobs and mm -hmm. each of them is at a different point in a particular process one of them is helping a i don't know a, a mentally ill person who's an adult one of them is helping uh, a child just meeting the child for the first time meeting the family worried about upsetting a, a family member who seems sensitive trying to root out what the truth of a situation is one of them is actively removing a child from their home that very day and it is heartrending. Uh, one of them is involved in something wacky and fun mm -hmm. because the job isn't all serious. You're people. Uh, and I will make and write this movie guessing what you do, having never heard a lick of what your job is. And then afterwards I'll give you the script and it's like the thing where you can't tell me things. Mm -hmm. You can't, but you can always give me a yes or no. <laughs> and so if I give you a paper with a thousand possible scenarios and you just cross off the untrue ones, well, I mean, I'd love to do something like I'd love to consult for a TV show. That'd be like yeah. the dream or a movie. Especially if it's one where someone gets murdered. Um, I'd be, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's the real dream. Um, but uh, I think that's a great idea for a film. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I think people vastly underestimate how interesting social work is. It's sad, but we make how many sad movies. Wait, can I give shit. you the grand twist at the end of oh, the movie? Yes, yes. All these social workers, we see all of them heading home and it's like a sad montage over an original song written for the movie, but it's not the theme song. It's this really sad, you know, acoustic guitar song with a woman who sounds like she's crying. That is how beautiful the song is. Mm -hmm. It's just this pure, raw, emotional song. They're all driving home. And we all see them get home and put their keys on the counter. And we all, we're, we're cutting in between all of them and they all walk into the middle and it turns out they all share one big house together. And then we go, da, 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 and it's the Brady Bunch. Uh, but it's these guys. And the real dysfunction is in their home. Well, that's the, that would be the truest part of it all, is that social workers are the most dysfunctional people you'll ever meet. Um, I can attest to that personally. Um, I would like to say This Is Us did an all right job. An all right job. But they still showed the social worker only working in child welfare with moving a child yeah. to a new home. Um the Fosters. I don't know if Rosie O'Donnell was a social worker in that, but she was great in that. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about the entire portrayal, but but she was good. It's not where you come from; it's, it's where you belong. belong. Yeah, isn't that the moral to follow that bird? <laughs> <laughs> there was the weird one, actually, of um, what you call it, it's the Secret Life of the American Teenager, where the social worker was also a foster mom, and. Uh, that really depends on your state, I believe. Because if I was to work in child welfare in New Jersey, where we live, um, I could not be a foster parent in yeah. New Jersey. Fun fact, that's so not fun for most people. But No, it's not, but it is interesting. To it's most to people. prevent the, the corruption that you many people believe you would have. Grease the palm and your social worker buddies mm -hmm. behind the scenes to let you keep your freaking foster kid, I exactly, get Exactly, exactly. You're, you're picking up what I'm putting down. I'm um, picking up that bribe you put down on the table. I put and I'm blowing down. you out to the public, man. Everybody's gonna know she's still eating a fun dip. 
Um, yeah, I am. I am. It's it's actually I'm out of sugar. I she is chomped so much that she doesn't even have a licker stick anymore. She just has a licker, and the A is half cut off. I actually think I ate it from the other way. She's got a stick. Uh, I got a, a stick. A stick. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Danny. Molly. I can't believe neither of us invited Penn or Teller to dinner. Fuck me. Okay, you know why? Why? Because the other two people wouldn't be famous. Because I want Penn and Teller and the two producers who watch them do the magic trick. Watch oh, the, yeah. Watch no, the I'd, guests I'd do the magic that. trick. I'd want that. I want those That'd be an interesting four. thing for everyone. And Penn and Teller will be enough to sell it. I, because Teller's going to talk at dinner because he'll talk in interviews. Okay, but I have a question, I guess. Yes, then. absolutely. Where does my wanting Jason Siegel to be at dinner come in? Got it. Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel and a surprise guest appearance from Jason, Jason Siegel. Siegel. You do four of them. Okay. It's right after Balaban, 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 Balaban. Four Siegels? It's a flock of seagulls. <laughs> flock of seagulls. Thank you. I would Thank actually, you. I'd like to see, I would hang out with him, Paul Rudd, Neil Patrick Harris, and I need a fourth one that fits Russell that Brandt. No. No. Uh, the, okay, Jason Siegel, Paul Rudd, Neil Patrick Harris, Steve Carell's too old. Uh, he's just not in the same group. Honestly, you would. I could throw Mila Kunis in there. Like she's yeah. she's fun. It always helps to have another woman in the room. It's awkward when you're the only woman in a place. I mean, maybe for you, but it's awkward when I'm the only woman in a place. It's yeah. very weird. <laughs> um, Doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know. Yeah. Okay, wait. I got a good one. I got a good. I have a really great one, and I don't actually have it right now. But by the time this sentence comes out of my mouth. I'll have it like that. Okay, here's my dinner for four. Go for it. Dinner for five. Here's the four people I'm bringing. Obviously, I have to be there. You can go in my place sometimes. Okay. Frank Oz, Dave Goals, Fran Brill, Bill Beretta. Here's why. There's a documentary out called Muppet Guys Talking, Mm -hmm. where it's five Muppeteers who originated their characters, and they all talk to each other. And mm-hmm. one of those five is Jerry Nelson, who was the original count on Sesame Street, and he passed away. Mm-hmm. So now I would like to have dinner with the remaining four. Can you be? Talk to them about the movie where they talk. Mm-hmm. So it's Frank Oz, who is Miss Piggy, Grover, Fozzie Bear, but also directed Little Shop of Horrors, Bowfinger, What About Bob, uh, In and Out, one of my favorite movies ever uh, in history, starring Kevin Klein. You should watch it. Uh, no, it, uh, it's it's him. It's Dave Goals, who is Bunsen, Honeydew, Beaker, Gonzo, Fran Brill, who was the original Prairie Dawn on Sesame Street and a lot of other Sesame Street characters. And it's uh, it's Bill Beretta, who was the original Pepe the King Prawn, which is one of the last big Muppet characters to be created who stuck around for a long time. Because I don't want to spoil things for you, but I feel like Walter's going away. I love Pepe. I love Pepe and I love Bobo the bear, which is another character he originated, who is that bear security guard who just, just kind of talks like a normal guy. Bless you. Thank you. He just talks like a normal guy. I love him. I love Bobo the bear. And I love Pepe the king prawn. Um, Danny, I got a better question for you. Yeah, yeah. What are you serving at the dinner? For those four people, I know Dave Goals is a vegetarian. So, what vegetarian food does everyone still love? Pizza. Molly, we're both on the same track here. Italian. Italian Italian dinner for those four people. Pizza Rizzo's. Hollywood Studios. (laughs) No, or you can get Mama Mel Roses. It's right over there. Frank Oz will never agree to it because he doesn't doesn't want to talk about the Muppets, even though he made a documentary called Muppet Guys Talking. I guess that didn't make a lot of sense. Frank Oz doesn't want to talk about the Muppets, even though like how much of his life was the Muppets. I did find out something yesterday and I was uh, fascinated. Not yesterday, day before, two days ago. I found out that there's this... You remember Ahmed Best hosts that show where it's like Legends of the Hidden Temple, but with Star Wars stuff? Yeah, the one that I just found out about like two weeks ago. And yes, I was yes. uh, floored I didn't know. Well, there's 10 of them already, right? There's uh-huh. 10 episodes. And I just found out that Yoda is in the show. He's not physically there, but it's the Son same thing. Bitch. It's basically the the thing you do at Star Wars Land where you build yeah. a lightsaber, but you build your handle and then you put it in the table. And when you pull it out of the table, it has a blade mm-hmm. attached, which is so cool. But then once you do that, Yoda talks to you from the great beyond. But what it does on the show is that if you win the show, Yoda says your name 
if you don't win, Yoda gives you a, like a fortune cookie of advice. So like I was watching the first episode and spoiler alert, the kids win. So Frank Oz, and it's not Tom Kane, who is the voice of Yoda and all the cartoons and stuff. It's Frank Oz, who doesn't do the voice that often. Like he's not in everything. He did Rebels, but he was never in Clone Wars or stuff like that. You know, he's a busy guy. But like it, it's actual Frank Oz and he goes like, you know, Brayden. Aiden, whatever modern kid names they have. I, they were like real Brayden white Brayden and Aiden, you thought they were going to both be on. It was like Gray, Aiden, whatever people are named. Apple, yeah. Peach Fuzz, whatever kids are named now. And he's like, you are, I can't do Yoda. If I could, I would be doing it. But, you know, he's like, you are Jedi now. And then they all like say a thing. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Frank Oz will, will say your name as Yoda. Like he doesn't even do the voice in so public. So how do we get on the know? show? How do I get on the show? I have to be 10. It's for children? It's their, yeah, the Jedi. Ah, It's a kid show. Every good game show is for children. Legends of the Hidden Temple, and then it was off the air when I was a child. And now this. Molly? Fuck that. Molly? What? I've never, never agreed with you less. You don't think there all are, the fun game yeah, shows no, are I for children? No, I don't think all the good game shows are for children. I think Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, uh, Price is Right, Okay, Pyramid. let's look at those fun level compared to Legends of the Hidden Temple, Double Dare, now this show. You and I have different definitions of fun. Walking across a rope bridge or getting slimed is not fun. Okay, Alex Mr. Trebek. Stick in the Alex Trebek. How dare you invoke his name? Gently ribbing you after you get a question wrong—that's fun. Pat Sajak coming to your town, filming three episodes in a day, and then going home—that's fun. I'm gonna sip. You know what? Fuck you. Fuck you and you your fucking you boring shows. Boring. Listen, let me be clear. Oh, she thinks you Alex are. Is you are looking so at. Go to heaven and tell Alex Trebek he listen, was. Listen, Alex was not boring. I love Alex. May he rest in peace. I'm not going to get into the same tier of heaven I as Alex Trebek. I am the queen of the game show network. I watch so many game shows. They're all fun. I would kill to be on any one of them. I wouldn't be good at any one of them, but I'd kill to be on any one, except especially Supermarket Sweep. But Molly, I do think time? the children's game shows are more fun. Let me be clear about something. Next time you hear the beep, why don't you take a fucking second and think about all the fun you could have on Supermarket Sweep. Take a fucking think second. Think about it every day, Danny. Think about when that show was canceled by the network and then ran on Lifetime or whatever the fuck. Well, it's coming back with Leslie Jones. Oh, Leslie Jones is here and she's great and she's a talent, but she's not that white guy whose name I don't remember. I think it's Mark. No, it's not. Well, whoever he is, I miss him. It could be Mark. I have no fucking clue what his name is. Anyway, I guess thank you for joining our impromptu uh, show about who's coming to dinner. Write in to the pants are too tight and tell us who your dinner for five guests would be. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or send us an email. Oh, yeah. We love that email. Sick little email. All right. Do it, you little freak. Right, we hope you have a, oh, a pants are too tight day. Stop for eight seconds. You gotta tell me. You gotta tell me what song we're gonna fade out over. Uh, is there a song about dinner? There's a song about not yawning right into Sorry. a fucking mic. On There's a, a. Is there a song about dinner? Oh baby, I Teller. hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Penn and Teller. Do they have a song? Uh, yeah, it's called. Oh, do the the. The blast off song. Oh yeah, the the Penn and Teller magic trick. Yeah, song. guys, we're gonna. There's gonna be so much magic from here and on out. Get ready for it. This podcast is about to get a little magic. That was a winking sound. Blast for you guys. off. Yeah. Thanks. Baby, hold on.